Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World, and today we are going to have to fancify and save your late spring cocktail. Uh, The summer months are upon us. And that means we need cool libations that require imagination and maybe some ingredients that we've never heard of and certainly don't have in our personal liquor cabinets. There's only one person on earth that I could think of to fill this precious void. And that happens to be uh, the world's foremost healthcare expert and also a cocktail connoisseur who has my favorite Substack. And if you have not yet subscribed to Cocktails with Suderman, it is the most satisfying Substack that's out there, especially if you prefer a good and interesting tipple. He takes you through the history of cocktails and liqueurs. He's got suggestions. He apparently has a personal laboratory because uh, he can tell you one banana creme from the next 15. And I don't even know what that means. He has frothed more egg whites than the Egg White Frothing Council of America. And that is saying something. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Peter Suderman, also known as Suderman Computerman, Cocktails with Suderman. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Very glad to be here. So um, far too kind. I know. That's that's what they all say. That's what that's what the people of the world say. Uh, far and wide, northeast, west, south, all of them. They don't say that. They never said that. No one says that. But thank you, Peter. I take it and I put it in my pocket and I'll let it sprout into a tree of kindness. What is your favorite summer cocktail that you're eyeballing this year that people have to try? So my two favorite summer cocktails of all time, this is very easy. It's the daiquiri and the margarita. And so this time last year, I wrote about the daiquiri. And the daiquiri is a thing of beauty if you make it right. And the thing about making it right is it's actually really simple if you know the original recipe, which is that it's just light rum, sugar, and lime juice. Maybe a little bit of salt added in. That's what I like to do. It just makes the flavors pop a little bit more. Demodara but it's really did, just a- lama lama ding dong sugar. That's uh, it's it's so we I make Demerara, a sugar syrup. dim dim dam dara dara pants on fara. I don't even do this with Demerara syrup. I don't do anything fancy or complicated with this one. All I do is I take two parts white sugar like everybody has in their house and one part water. And I put it in the blender for about 90 seconds. Blender. It comes out as syrup. You can do this on the stove so you top don't, too. There's you, a don't, of- uh, you don't mix it in the little saucepan and let the sugar dissolve and then cool it? 
No, because if you heat this, if you can do it that way and it and it works well, and if you feel more comfortable, if you already know how to make syrup that way, it's a great way to make syrup. But it's a little less consistent because what happens when you put it on the saucepan, um, first of all, it takes longer because it's going to heat up and then you've got to cool it, right? So that's going to be a half an hour or an hour that you're waiting for it to cool down. But the second thing that happens is because you're heating it, uh, you are going to get a little bit of steam, even if you don't boil it, even if you're sort of you control that heat there. And what that means is some of that water is going to come off of it. And so it's not going to be a perfectly consistent syrup. And I want my syrups to be the exact same every single time. I also want them to be done in two minutes or less. Mm. And in a blender, a basic like a, you know, just a, just a cheap countertop blender like you can get at Walmart or order from Amazon in a blender you can make many of these syrups much faster and much more consistently I so had no idea this is this is such a wonderful life hack because I learned just a few months ago that you can make whipped cream in a Vitamix in like 15 oh, yeah. seconds and I have fought with whipped cream for years and a lot of your great cocktails require a dollop not all of them maybe not even many of them but there are there are plenty that require a, a fresh dollop of whipped cream. And for friends who are keto, who don't want their whipped cream sweetened with sugar, you can use monk yeah. fruit sweetener or stevia. It's also just much tastier. You can you if you want to do complex stuff with it, you can. You can when I make whipped cream, I put a little bit of rum into the cream there and it do. just gives it this great flavor to it. But you don't have to do that. And it's it's so easy to make. You can make it in a blend. You can make whipped cream in a blender as well. You can make it um, in a KitchenAid. You can make it in a food processor. And if people want a, a taste of my newsletter, um, you know it, it's a pay newsletter. But uh, holiday editions are free, and so you can go back uh, to the St. Patrick's Day edition from this year, and you can look at my recipe for an Irish coffee, which takes you through. You also had the Irish soda bread. Right. That's from and that's from last year. And so I made right again. This is a little bit more complicated. This is one maybe not for beginners, but I've but I, I made an old fashioned uh, that tastes like Irish soda bread. So Irish soda bread, of course, is a a a, 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 a raisin bread with some caraway notes that um, is traditional for St. Patrick's Day. And I was like, what if I took those flavor ideas and I combined them in a, a drink that otherwise works like a really good old fashioned. And so some of these sometimes in the newsletter, I'm going to do somewhat complex stuff, you know, and I'm going to I'm going to call for sous vide a raisin syrup. And it takes a little while. It takes a little bit of effort, but it's a project and it's fun. But there are other times like a daiquiri when I actually want to teach people those those beach daiquiris that you've had that are like bright pink and 14 inch, uh, you know, 14 inches long and yeah. in the glass and uh-huh. 18 ounces of whatever. Sounds like, like my you problem. No idea what's sure. in them. Right. Sure. They're oh, man, they're they're just. Those drinks are those drinks may be delicious, but they're not real daiquiris. A real daiquiri is just three ingredients. It's just light rum and sugar syrup and lime juice. And that's all it is. And you shake them together. What I'm sorry, uh, what is the ratio of, of lime juice to light rum again? So people do these differently, but I do two ounces of light rum, and I particularly like Florida Cana Four Year, which is a very dry rum. And then I use fresh lime juice, um, one ounce of fresh lime juice, and three quarters of an ounce of rich, simple syrup. So mm. that's the two to one syrup that I just described, mm. made in a blender. And mm. so if you have if you have two lots 
and you have a couple of ounces of, of sugar at home, a blender and some rum, you can have this drink made. Uh, like if you haven't done anything, you can have this drink made in definitely no more than 10 minutes, including all of the blending and the syrup making and the juicing of the limes. And really it's like 90 seconds to make this drink. It's this, people think of these things as sort of complex, like, oh my goodness, I've, I've been to a cocktail bar and that guy, he took 15 minutes to make my drink. It had 12 ingredients. Okay. you. Sometimes drinks do take that long and, and sometimes they're worth it, but many really great cocktails are actually very simple three or four ingredient in drinks. The one I wrote up last week, uh, it's a great summer drink. The gin gimlet. Another very simple one, right? So it's, it's, but it's, a, it's, it's got a, a different sour, name. Right? Um, so it's called the South Side. Yeah, that's and right. all it is that's is right. a gin sour. And so drinks in the sour family are basically just shaken drinks that involve typically either lemon juice or lime juice, right? That's what makes them sour, plus some amount of uh, sugar syrup, uh, plus a, a spirit base. And a spirit base would be something like rum, something like gin, something like whiskey. You've heard of a whiskey sour. That's all a whiskey sour really is. It's just lemon juice and sugar syrup and whiskey. But this drink, this drink takes the gin sour template and twists it just a little bit by adding a hint of fresh mint. And you might think, oh, look, I'm just this guy's just putting a bunch of big green leaves on his cocktails, make them look pretty on Instagram. They do. They look pretty. That's nice. It's good for drinks to look pretty. But the mint changes this cocktail in a way that is that is just incredibly delicious and satisfying and really summery, right? Like this is the time of year when uh, where I live in Washington, D.C., you just walk around the neighborhood hoods and like mint is just growing in patches sometimes unwanted right all, all out you know all over people's yards um and you get that sort of summery fresh mint flavor put into a drink that is already sort of uh, that's already bright um that is already light uh that already has a, a kind of sweetness to it without being overly sugary and overly saccharine and that's the kind of thing that i like to drink during the summer how is it different from um uh not a gimlet well, Gimlet, it's actually very similar to a Gimlet, but a Gimlet would be gin, lime, and sugar, and basically that's it. You might put a little bit of salt. You might you know, dress it up just a little bit. But a classic Gimlet is, um, is just gin, lime juice, and some sort of sugar syrup. So I, I do want to clarify, almost any time I say sugar, I mean some sort of syrup, but syrup is just sugar plus water. That's all it is. Don't go anywhere. More Kennedy saves the world right after this. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. So at the Ivy in L.A., their their gimlet is made with vodka and mint. Uh, So you can you can make a you know, look, you can call a drink whatever you want to call it. This is this is one of the great things about drinks. So I I read about uh, you know, uh, public policy issues in, in my other job at, um, at Reason Magazine. Uh, and one of the things that I sort of uh, sometimes encounter is, is, is sort of copyright issues. And one of the things that's interesting about, um, about cocktails is that you can't copyright a recipe. Now, you can copyright the instructions, but a, a list of in, ingredients itself, right? Like just here's two ounces of, of gin you know, plus some lemon juice and some sugar syrup, that can't be copyrighted. So you could publish that as whatever you want it. You could call it whatever you want it. You can sell it as whatever you want it. And this is one of the reasons why sometimes you'll go to a bar in Las Vegas and you'll get a drink called a Mai Tai. And then you'll go to a bar in California or Florida and you'll get a drink called a Mai Tai. And it will be a completely different thing because it, 
because there's no sort of legal definition of these things and different bartenders and different restaurants might have different ideas for what they think a Mai Tai should be. I'm so glad you brought up the Mai Tai because I was going to ask you about that because it's one of my favorite drinks when it is done classically. And when it's adulterated with a bunch of garbage, it's not as enjoying, enjoyable. And it's very the Mai Tai is, is really the ultimate tiki drink, and it was designed, um, you know, in uh, originally as the ultimate tiki drink to show off. Um, this was, uh, you know, sort of in the 1940s to show off what was then a 17-year-old rum that the guy who made, uh, you know, one of the first Mai Tais considered to be like the world's ultimate rum. Well, that rum is no longer available. So now, what bartenders who are really focused on making great Mai Tais, Mai Tais do is they blend rums on their own. So they oh. would take two different bottles of rum and then basically, and then make, and then use two and mix them together as part of a Mai Tai. A Mai Tai is a little bit more complex of a drink in particular because you have to use something called orjat. Orjat is a sugar syrup that also involves nuts. So sorry, folks who have nut allergies, this is probably not I thought a it was specifically almonds, but it, there can be different nuts in that syrup. Typically it's almonds, but uh, there are there are people who make other types of orjat, uh, but like yes, a basic uh, a basic orjat will start with almonds, um, but there are others as well, and there's some even some some fairly strange versions of this that you can get. But yes, it's it's all it's it's almost always an almond syrup, and you uh, you can make it your own almond syrup, and it takes a little bit of time and some doing, but you can also buy this stuff, and it's that's actually one where I I tell people, look, if you want to go and take the time to make your own almond syrup, great. Uh, I know how to do this, it, but it's it is a bit of effort. But you can order this stuff from Amazon if you have a, a good um, if you have a good liquor store in your city. If you live in a big city in particular, you will be able to find orjat uh, for sale, and it's not very expensive. And uh, you know, it lasts a month or two in your fridge. So I mean, it's it's something like if you're gonna if you want to experiment with making a, a good mai tai, this is something that you can. Pick oh, give up. us the recipe, um, Peter Suderman. Stop being a tease. It's basically that you make sugar syrup, right? So like you can make this at one to one or two to one. I would make it at two to one. And then you have to grind almonds, toast them, infuse them into the sugar syrup, and then strain out the 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 almond or just grounds. go buy your own okay then what or just go buy your own it takes about a it, t- it can take uh 12 to 24 hours to do it Absolutely depending not. on how long you right so it's like this is one where if you're like ah, i want to drink this evening yeah no don't, if i want to my time half in the bag and uh, there's a conga line somewhere <laughs> that i'm i'm late for so kennedy i will if you want a mai tai i will always make you a mai excellent tai. Next time I'm in D.C., I'm coming to your house and I'm sitting at your bar and I'm going to have like four different things. I will not be driving myself. Continue with the Mai Mai Tai recipe, please. So it's just and then it's orange liqueur um, and lime and multiple types of of rum. And you can and and like, you know, high end bartenders will obsess about exactly which orange liqueur to use here. Right. Oh, am I going to use Cointreau? Probably not for this one. Cointreau is for a margarita. Uh, But you but I'm like, you might use something like Cambier again, maybe probably not to me. The real debate is between um, Grand Marnier, which is a rich Ooh, I like Grand Marnier. Yes. It's, it's wonderful in a Mai Tai. Um, it's, and it just it sort of adds like a kind of delicate, smooth sweetness because Grand Marnier is cognac-based. Um, and then there are people who think, well, look, the, the original Mai Tai, the classic Mai Tai, was made with something called, called dry curacao. And there is a brand called Pierre Ferrand that makes a very highly regarded 
dry curacao, um, and it gives the Mai Tai this sort of orangey bite. But then you've got to put, you've got to find, because of that orangey bite, you've got to find some way to sweeten the drink just a little bit more. So you've got to mess with the sugar side and increase the, the amount of sugar. But there are different ways to do this that work, and that work really well. And again, you know, this is one where I don't think there's just one recipe or just one approach to doing this. Uh, when I wrote about the Mai Tai last summer, um, if you go back and look through the ar archives, uh, you, you will see that I published three different recipes, all of which are delicious. Um, they're all a little bit complicated, but not so complicated that I think an ordinary person can't pull this off. I mean, once you have the ingredients ready, uh, once you've juiced the limes and you've found some orgeat or made it, uh, it's it's a drink that takes again just a couple of uh, just a couple of minutes to to make and put together. The the real challenge is just getting all the ingredients in the same room. And then what do you do? What's the ratio? Uh, so so with that one, let's see. It's um, my favorite version. Uh, is two ounces of rum split between two different rums. And I like to have one that's sort of a grassy agricole rum, like rum barbancourt, and one that is um, a, uh, a little bit darker and richer, like an, uh, an, uh, a Demerara rum. So it would, uh, you know, has, uh, comes from, uh, it's being made near the Demerara River. And so I like El Dorado 12-year or El Dorado 8-year in that slot. And, and that's it's two ounces total of that, of of rum split between those two and then an ounce of lime juice and a half an ounce of Grand Marnier, half an ounce of, or of Orgeat. And then finally one quarter ounce of rich Demerara syrup. This is mm -hmm. what you referenced mm -hmm. earlier. And so this is one of the, the sort of the hacks that I love for cocktails. I put it in a lot of stuff because it works so well with booze is everybody here understands the difference between uh, dark sugar and light sugar. Well, there, there are different types of dark sugar. And if you go to the sugar aisle in your grocery store, you'll see things like turbinado sugar. You will also see, in most cases, something called Demerara sugar. And this is sugar that uh, comes uh, from the you know, near the Demerara River region of the world. And it's these big brown flakes. They're all, and if you just try one, like you put your finger in and you taste it, it almost tastes like- But you're supposed to of, buy it before you do that. Yes, that's that's usually uh, they let you taste things. You know, you can open the soda. And You're such a libertarian. You, ah, you, know, you, you got to pay for it eventually. <laughs> but once you once you've paid for it, once you uh, once you have it in your hand, right, you could you like just taste it a little bit. And you see these big brown candy like flakes where you can take that and you can do the same thing that I told you to do earlier. You put two parts sugar and one part water and you just measure this by volume. So say eight ounces of sugar and four ounces of water. Put it in your blender, run it on high for at least 90 seconds, up to th somewhere between 90 seconds and three minutes. You just want to see that it's fully integrated. When I say fully integrated, what do I mean? I mean that it's perfectly consistent all the way around. So like run a spoon through it. If there's still chunks, if there's bits, if there's gook hanging along the side of your blender, you need to run it a little bit more. Mm. Um, but you're just looking for an integrated syrup. Once that's done, just bottle it up, put it in the refrigerator until it's like basically cooled, but you can even use it right out of the out of the uh, uh, the blender if you want. Right. So that's that's the final piece here is one quarter ounce of rich Demerara syrup in your Mai Tai. And oh, my goodness, this comes out rich, delicious and rummy. Right. Just it, it like, you know, you, we, we think of like pirate rum as like molasses rum in part because rum uh, derives from sugar. Right. And this is like this is like th the really fancy pirate trick. Right. This is like pirates on vacation. And it's so this is like good. bougie pirates. 
Yes, that's exactly it, right? They have gone to the luxury pirate resort, and this is what they're ordering. And in fact, the the traditional garnish on this. Now, I don't think the garnish is absolutely necessary for a great drink, but again, it does make it look good, and it kind of marks the drink as a, a traditional version of the Mai Tai. The traditional garnish on this is a big sprig of mint um, that is that is right next to or behind uh, an overturned half lime hole. So if you've ever juiced a lime, you know the way you do it is cut the lime in half and then squeeze it so that there is, so that then you've kind of got this like a half uh, volleyball of lime, right? And you turn that over. And what it's supposed to represent is a palm tree on an island. It's supposed to be a relaxing vacation. Look at that, Peter Suderman. Who knew? That's what the Mai Tai is. It's a little vacation in a glass. Ah, that's all I'm looking for this summer. I had one last question from Jen, who's one of my producers. She read in the New York Times, the drink of the summer is the Dirty Shirley. Uh, Can you set us straight (laughs) on that question? Uh, That may be the drink of someone's summer. It is not the drink of my summer. It but, sounds stupid, uh, but what is it? But I have—I honestly have no idea what it is. Yeah. I've never heard of the no, dir- me neither. Dirty Shirley. Dirty Shirley. Uh, so just someone went to some random bar. It's all like, oh, I'll make a proclamation because I haven't done any work this week. Oh, it looks like it's a, um, a vodka, grenadine, highball. Sounds stupid. Uh, and you know what? I don't love vodka drinks personally because vodka doesn't taste like all that much. And if I'm going to drink, I want my booze to taste like something. Now, if people like vodka drinks, I say, great, you should drink the things that you want. But I do want to encourage people to try making things that are just just a little bit more complicated or maybe not even complicated that require just a little bit more thought, right? That you're where you're not just sort of like kind of free pouring, kind of dumping stuff in without paying attention. Just pay a little bit of attention to how you make your drinks. That's all I I ask of people and try something that's just, that's just a little bit outside of your comfort zone. And you may find, first of all, that you like the drink, but also that the process of making these things is really satisfying because you start with like, I don't know what this is. What, what are these ingredients? It all, it all seems strange. And at the end, you have something that's complex and unique and really interesting uh, that you made yourself and that you can, that you can make again, you can make for your friends. Uh, it's, so, it's so wonderful to like make things and share things with friends and to learn their tastes, uh, right? Like this is a thing that I do for all of my friends is I try to learn what their sort of cocktail profile is. And it teaches me something about them. So this is you know one of the reasons why the Substack is called Cocktails with Suderman. It's because I want it to feel like having a drink with me, not just a set of recipes and instructions for how to make some cocktails. Man, it's also interesting because reading your Substack, you get a sense of your process and the personal investment you have in making a great cocktail and, and that there is no one right path, that there are different ways to make something. And sometimes they're pre-prohibition. Other times, you know, it is a truly modern drink. Uh, And with the espresso martini, you recommend that people try making it with gin, which I'm going to do next week. I I am going to make daiquiris this weekend in the traditional way. I might add some strawberry puree because I'm not a communist. And I'm I'm very much looking forward to all of your recipes that are forthcoming this summer. Peter Suderman, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. This was fun. I'm thirsty already. This has been Kennedy Saves the World. I'm Kennedy. 
For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.